everybody, and welcome back to the show. Jessica Stevens here, your host of I Just Blank Now What the Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode today. I so appreciate each and every single one of you for taking the time to come and hear some amazing stories from some wonderful people who are here just to inspire all of us every day to wake up and figure out what's next for us when life kind of throws us a curveball. So today's guest is no different. Uh, life definitely came at her and threw her a curveball. Jennifer is sharing her, I just got divorced, now what story. And I know that divorce is pretty prevalent out there. There's some stat that says, you know, over 50% of marriages end in divorce. And so Jen's going to be talking about what her experience was. She also refers to a term called a gray divorce. And that just means that somebody who has been married for decades and decades together with their partner and then gets divorced later on in life which apparently is a segment of divorce that I had never heard of before. So she's going to share a little bit more about that. Let's learn a little bit about Jennifer. She is a highly rated communication media specialist with 30 years of experience in the communication industry and 18 years of experience teaching in higher education. She is the author of Mini Handbook for Jackasses, Communication and Relationships, and co-author of the number one Amazon international bestseller, Cracking the Rich Code. She is a TEDx speaker and coach and host of the Communication 24-7 podcast. Whether through a keynote or a workshop, Jen will motivate you to embrace your power within and develop the communication skills you need to level up your business and your life. So without further ado, let's get to the now what. Have you ever had a situation happen in your life that you weren't expecting, good or bad, and said to yourself or out loud, oh my gosh, I just fill in the blank, now what? Me too, friend, me too. I've had quite a few actually, and in the moment, I never knew what I was gonna do next. Of course, I had to figure it out, sometimes the hard way, but I did figure it out. So join me and some amazing guests this season as we all share our own, I just blank, now what stories, so we can all learn from their transformational lessons to help us all answer that lifelong and often paralyzing question, now what? Hey friends, have you ever had that I just feel so bloated, now what moment? (laughs) Me too, and that's when I reach for my Green's Gut Glow Drink. Yep, I can sip my way to healthier looking skin, support my digestive system, and get an extra scoop of greens all in one bundle that helps me de-bloat. This nutritious trinity includes three of my favorite Arbonne nutrition products, Be Well Superfood Greens, Gut Health Digestion and Microbiome Support, and Skin Elixir Collagen Support. I drink this every day. The greens, just one scoop of this versatile vegan superfood powder, delivers a blend of 36 fruits and vegetables in each serving for a boost of greens, featuring fiber, photonutrients, along with a natural deep green color courtesy of blue-green algae derived from spirulina, chlorelia, wheatgrass, and barleygrass. Just one scoop provides me with the benefits of eating a full color spectrum of fruits and vegetables. Minding my gut's microbiome is a must, and this delicate balance of bacteria helps support favorable gut flora. Designed to support the benefits of a healthy diet, this plant-powered natural health product mixes easily with water, so its blend of probiotics and enzymes can work synergistically with my body to help support gastrointestinal health. Its ingredients include inulin from chicory root and 3 billion CFUs of Bacillus coagulant probiotics plus enzymes that act as a digestive aid. This natural health product helps support favorable gut flora while helping to digest proteins and contains ginger, which traditionally used in herbal medicine to help relieve digestive upset. For the glow, I'm sipping my way to healthier looking skin. This acai or dragon fruit flavored vegan natural health product features antioxidant vitamin C to help in collagen formation to maximize healthy bones, cartilage, teeth, and gums. 
silicone, and biotin to support healthy hair, skin, and nails, and a blend of sea buckthorn fruit extract, pine bark extract, and vitamin C for antioxidants. This vegan natural health product provides beneficial ingredients for my skin, hair, and nails. So head to jessicastevenstoronto.arbon.com and use promo code ARBON10 to get 10% off your Greens Gut Glow Bundle. That's jessicastevenstoronto.arbon.com and promo code ARBON10 gets you 10% off. Or just click the link in the show notes and get your Greens Gut Glow Bundle all in one click. Well, hello, hello to the beautiful Jennifer. How's it going, my friend? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm good. It's so nice to see your beautiful face. You and I connected what feels like forever ago. And then, (laughs) you know, life happened on your side and my side and things. And then the calendars were just not lining up. But here we are finally together. Finally. Yes. Long time coming. Long time coming. (laughs) But it's all good. As we were saying before we hit record, everything in its time, right? That's right. Everything in its time. time. Well, we are going to have such a fantastic conversation today. I know because every time I talk to you, it's, it's always been a great chat, but before we get into that, obviously I just shared your wonderful bio with everyone, right? Mm -hmm. But I always love for guests to come on the show and share a little bit about themselves that they actually want people to know about them. That they, that I actually want them to know about me. I love that question because I'm an open book. <laughs> like I, <laughs> There's not a whole lot that I won't talk about or that I won't share. You know, I, I guess to piggyback off of all of the official things that are, you know, on the yeah. bio, it's just, it's been a, a, a long windy road. Nothing that I have been able to accomplish in this life came from really strict planning, right? (laughs) You just have to kind of learn to go with the flow and then make Mm -hmm. the best of things. You know, when I first started out in the communication industry, you know, you you think you go into college right out of high school and that just wasn't in the cards for me. So that's why I decided, Hey, you know what? I'm just going to go into the military. So I went into the Marine Corps and I started out as a journalist and from there went into community relations and public relations, went back to school after service, you know, got the degree. And then it just so happened. I had a a professor while I was in graduate school, ask me if I wanted to teach a public speaking class. And I had no idea what in the hell I was doing, but I'm like, Hey, if you're going to pay me for it, I'm broke. Right. I'll figure it (laughs) out. (laughs) You know, and, and so you know, these series of just wonderful opportunities that someone else at some point in time saw something in me that I didn't even necessarily see in myself at the Mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's how I ended up getting into the, the academic realm. And I ended up teaching communication and public speaking classes for 18 years while you know, also staying within the communication realm on the professional side, doing public relations. And now fast forward to today, you know, I'm a media analyst, I'm a, a comms director, and, you know, I own my own company, Communication 24-7. I am so lucky that I get to go into organizations and I primarily work with managers who need help with their communication skills and teams who need to, well, they need to go from a group to being a team. I really welcome these unexpected opportunities because you just never know where they're going to lead you. And I guess that's kind of like what we're talking about today as well. Something that's unexpected. Unexpected. You've got to, you know, make the best of it. (laughs) And I think that's why, you know, you have come out on the other end because you have gone with the flow and you haven't been fighting the current of the river, right? So it, yeah. it's going to take you somewhere. That's so right. Let the, river, <laughs> let, let the river take you. Okay. So today we are sharing a personal story. So we're shifting gears from your professional life and all those wonderful things mm-hmm. to your personal life That's and right. the big D word of Ooh. divorce. And I learned something new. I'll have to add this, you know, the, the big D word divorce. I've learned a 
new word, gray divorce. When, as I was doing my research, you know, getting into this realm and I, okay. I, yeah, I found out that anyone who's been married for 20 plus years, maybe 25 plus years, like mm-hmm. I was, that's called gray divorce. And apparently it's becoming so common that, you know, it, it's warrants its own phrase, you know, it's, it's now been coined. <laughs> gray I've, divorce. I've, I've never no heard, idea. I've never heard of gray divorce, <laughs> yeah. but it helps paint a picture yeah. of w- what, what kind of divorce you know, that person's experiencing, is it like, oh, we were together for like half a minute and then we decided better of it. But in your case, this was a long, long long-term relationship that, that came to an end. So let's rewind the tape. Can you tell me a little bit about your marriage and, you know, this life partner that you had and a little bit about your life. And then I know it was, I guess, sprung on you that he he wanted a divorce. So take us back. Tell us a little bit, tell a bit about life. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I met Greg back in the mid nineties. You know, I had just gotten out of the military. We just so happened to meet because I just so happened to move in right next door to him. And we kind of, we hit it off as friends, you know, we were friends very quickly. We enjoyed doing the same stuff. We like to go canoeing and hiking and mountain biking and mountain climbing, you know, and all kinds of really fun stuff. And so actually for, for a while, we were not even romantically involved with one another. We just really enjoyed each other's company. We were like best friends just hanging out. And then from there, you know, it did grow just like one day out of nowhere. I just realized, man, I'm in love with this guy, you know, (laughs) like he's so great. And I think it kind of happened the same way for him. It was like, Hey, you know what? This is awesome. We had only been together for about six months and oops, I got pregnant. And so at that time though, we had not planned on getting married because even though to the chagrin of my mother, you know, she was like, when's the wedding (laughs) and explained to her, well, we have decided that we did not want to get married at that time because we wanted to be able to stay friends. You know, we didn't want to force a marriage and then it ended up being something that didn't work out, you know, ironically enough. So we waited for a while and then oops, again, (laughs) pregnant again. And so after this time, we were like, you know what, we are making a little family. We might as well just make this official, but, but we still took our time. We were, um, it was about an, uh, a year and a half, you know, uh, when we were engaged before we got married. And things were great. We had our, you know, uh, little family unit, you know, the four of us, we had a, a boy and a girl, you know, our children. So over the years, you know, like many young couples, of course, we struggled at the very mm-hmm. beginning. I mean, I remember there were weeks where we would get paid. And then after paying all the bills, we'd have 40 bucks, you know, in the checking account, you're like, oh crap, you know, we still got to get diapers, get formula, and we need to get food that's going to feed us for the rest of the week. So you were were part of a society (laughs) that had more months than money. Yeah. Yeah. So you just get like a loaf of bread, right. And just have some PB and J's and, and that'll do you for a whole week or some ramen noodles, you know, but the one thing that he and I both had in common being incredibly hard workers, the desire to want to do better for ourselves and for our children, you know, we really had these goals that we wanted to create this amazing life together, you know, so we moved a couple of times. We were up in the DC area for a very long time. And then we moved down here to the Savannah area in Savannah, Georgia, where he got a a job and you know grew his his career from there now you know at the time i didn't mind doing this because i felt like i was making the right decisions you know for the family 
I really gave up on a couple of opportunities for my own career because I figured since I was teaching, you know, at the college level, I could take, I could teach a couple of classes here and there, you know, I have a way more flexible schedule. I could be home for the kids more often while he focused on his career, which was incredibly demanding because he was beginning to do a lot of traveling and, you know, at, at one point, the first year he started really traveling, he was gone for over 300 days that first year. So, you know, somebody has to hold down the fort, right? Yeah. Your, your story is not uncommon of, yeah, yeah. of women and mothers taking a big backseat in their careers to help yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. raise kids and exactly. rely on their spouse to be like, all right, you're, you're going to be the breadwinner. That's right. That's right. And it worked, you know, it worked for us because he was, he was doing what he loved, what he had always wanted to do, you know, mm-hmm. his whole life. So he was happy with that. I was happy with teaching classes. You know, I loved being in the classroom with my students. I also, I was that mom who loved all of the activities, you know, like I love the, the soccer and dance and, you know, all of those things. I was that mom. (laughs) Oh, I'll slice up the orange slices, you know, bring bring the cookies. I'll do it. Okay. You know, so things were fantastic. And as we continued that trajectory, we were doing better and better for ourselves and, you know, for the family, but he was away a lot, you know, and he did work a lot and he was incredibly stressed out a lot, you know, because of the nature of the job that he was doing. But one thing that I had always prided, I guess, myself on, and I was proud, you know, about us is that we always seem to work through whatever issues might come up. Because, you know, when you're in a long-term relationship, I mean, we were together for 27 years, you know, married for 25. You're going to get into fights. You're going to get into arguments. I would hope so. Yeah, you're going to have disagreements. I mean, that is life. But, you know, and we had some really, really turbulent waters that we had to get through, you know, over time. But we managed to work them out. We managed to forgive. We managed to talk things out, you know, and, you know, I thought, well, we're being a pretty good, you know, example. We're setting a good example for our kids so that they'll know that, Hey, you're going to got to work things out. You got to talk things out, right. You got to communicate. Well, fast forward a few years ago, we built our dream home. He had started, a company with a couple of his friends as a general contractor. And they decided to start building custom homes as like a side job. Right. So it took even more. Like he wasn't busy enough. Right. Right. And, and I think this is where the cracks that were already there began to really widen. So he was spending so much time, you know, building the house you know, by this time the kids are already grown and, you know, they're, they're adults now. So we should be able to get to the point where we're relaxing and enjoying life. And, you know, I spend more time together, spend more time together, you know, kids are doing their own thing. Let's relax and have a good time. And, you know, at some point we know grandkids will come along the way and we wanted them to have a special place to be able to come you know, stay with us. So we built this amazing home on a river, you know, deep water access. And it was just from the outside looking in, we looked like we had it all together, but there was a lot of stress. There was a lot of strain building that home. And so many people say, if you can survive building a home together, you're good to go. And I understand why people say that because it was so incredibly stressful, especially when you're building it yourself you know, that adds another layer to the time and effort that it takes. So, you know, fast forward, we move into the new home. It's absolutely gorgeous. Love being on the water. You know, the the house was fantastic, but as soon as we got in, it was difficult. You know, I think he had worked himself so much that he was just too exhausted 
Like we still had things we needed to finish in the house. And we were in that house for over three years. And there were some really important things that still had not been finished, you know, like simple stuff, like, well, I don't want to say simple, but things like, you know, um, a couple of kitchen cabinets still didn't have the shelves, you know, in them. So not overly difficult, but you know, it does. But take- essential because yeah, you know, yeah. the kitchen is the heart of the home and that is a cupboard you're probably wanting to use on the daily, right? Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, to, to backtrack a little bit, you know, before moving into the home, one of our biggest issues that we would face would be the hanging out and the drinking beer and being with the buddies, you know, and I think this is probably something that many couples face as well, you know, that friction between how much time do you spend with friends and and having a good time versus how much time do you spend at home being with your spouse, you know, and and having that time building that relationship. Yeah. With, with the family. And so that was always a recurring theme throughout the marriage. And for my part, I, you know, I probably No, I'm not going to say probably. I know that I was a lot more lenient than many other wives I have known over the years Mm -hmm. in terms of giving that, you know, get a long leash needed. Yeah. Yeah. Do your thing. All I asked was, you know, just make sure that you come in and have dinner, you know, (laughs) with the family. Let's have dinner together. And, you know, don't make me go to bed alone, you know, at night. So, you know, I, I didn't feel like I was asking for a lot. And so that was one of the main themes that would go up and down, you know, throughout the entire relationship. But that part of it got increasingly worse, you know, as we moved into this new place. I, I know that he was struggling with some, you know, like internal, like he's human, you know, and I, I think he had some probably some depression going on, some anxiety. I know he had a lot of anxiety going on and we just were not able to get it together, get it back together. You know, how, how it was to be able to talk and make each other a priority, you know, which is incredibly sad because, you know, at the end of the day, I really feel like not only did I lose my husband, but I lost my best friend, you know, somewhere along the way. So that was kind of like the, the cliff notes version of, you know, of, what the, of the before. Over, yeah. yeah. Over the, the 27 year span. And, and I'm sure we'll get into, you know, we'll spotlight a couple of, a couple of moments throughout that, you know, time frame, but you know, it, it is a lot. 27 years is a very long time to not just have a life with someone, but you're actively building a life, you know, with, with someone. So when you no longer have that choice, you know, he decided, you know, he was on one of his trips and I could tell that we were, we weren't talking as much. We weren't having as long of conversations. There was this distancing you know, and he came home and I asked him, do you want to be married anymore? And he said, I don't know. And he had never said that before, like in the heat of an argument, it had come up, you know, a couple of times throughout the 27 years, you know, when you Mm -hmm. just say something mean to kind of hurt the other person. But this was the first time that I was like, wow, okay. I was not expecting that. And, you know, over the next couple of months, it just, you could feel it getting farther and farther apart. And then one day he just told me, he said, look, I have a right to be happy. I want to be happy and I want to have the freedom to move. If I want to move, if I want to get a new job, I want the freedom to just be responsible only for myself, you know, and I want the freedom to make mistakes. And I just, that kind of really took me for a loop because my understanding of our marriage is I felt like he had all the freedom in the world to do whatever he wanted. He traveled, he hung out with friends, he did pretty much anything and everything he wanted. So I wasn't quite understanding where that part was coming from. And I think that's a part that for me will never be resolved, you know, because I mean, I can... I can try to guess, I can assume, 
you know, a lot of things because he has since moved to another state and taken a, a new job. Like everything happened really suddenly in terms of how couples normally experience separation and divorce. We didn't get a separation period. I mean, it just went right, right into divorce. So my therapist tells me, big fan of therapy, that I am going through now what most women would go through in that period that you would have, you know, that separation period Mm -hmm. before the divorce. So I'm actually going through that now, like during and since the divorce. So that's kind of like the, it's been fast-tracked you know, in some way. So I think that's probably the most difficult aspect of this for me is I do feel like he, he emotion, he was way ahead of me in terms of being emotionally removed. Yeah. He Um, checked out long. He had checked out. Yeah. Yeah. He had had more time to think about what he wanted and and what he, what the future looks like for him without you. Yeah. Yeah. Because when he came to you, he told you exactly what he wanted. So clearly He had been thinking about it for quite some time. Exactly. Exactly. So that takes some, you know, you, it kind of puts you at a disadvantage in terms of emotionally, mentally, you know, and, and then you also have to think about, all right, the practical stuff, reality sets in, oh crap, you know, like, where am I going to live? What am I going to do? I'm not as set up in my career as he is, you know? So in many ways, even though I had been working in this field that I'm in for like 30 years, it's not like I had the opportunity to really like dig my claws in and establish, you know, something that I could rely on. You know, I had you know, adjunct positions working in the academic world for 18 years, but it's not like I had this full-time. Yeah. You had a part-time career. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, there were a lot of those things that were kind of like thrown into the mix. So the, the anxiety and everything, I will tell you, it, it was not pretty. I've had, I had some pretty dark, dark, dark days. Absolutely. But, you know, I'm in a new place now. I bought my own home. You know, I I moved in, even though it's still, I've got boxes everywhere still, but but it's mine. And I am learning to experience life now in this, you know, in, in this new, you know, in this new way, it's exciting and it's scary and it's sad and it's hopeful all at the same time. Like I can experience all of these emotions in a matter of one hour on any given day. You cycle through them real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, absolutely. But you know what? That's healthy. Yeah. Yeah. It's normal. It's, it's normal. So mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, anybody who is listening to this, if you're experiencing something similar, you know, or you're, you're starting to see the cracks, you know, in your own relationship, you know, I think it's really important to understand that whatever you are feeling about it is perfectly normal and don't feel guilty you know, if you have those moments where you start seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, like, you know, I have gotten to that place where I can be hopeful about the future. You know, I can look back and appreciate the beautiful aspects of the relationship that we had and the life that we built together. And I can, yeah, I feel bitter at times. I feel angry about it at times because I feel like I sacrificed a lot you know, and I feel like I gave of myself a lot. Well, at the same time, now I'm looking at the future and there are a lot of things that, you know, I can see, I don't really have to compromise on things anymore. Like that in, in, I have realized I don't need to feel guilty about that sense of hope, about that sense of excitement. I think that's something that takes time to practicing grace, you know, extending grace to yourself. So that's one thing. If you're listening to this and and you're going through something similar, seeing those cracks, feel the feels regardless of what they are. Know that it's perfectly normal to go through all 8,000 emotions, you know, that, that you will probably feel all rainbow of, in a of, given of moment. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, first off, I want to acknowledge you because you are sitting here 
and sharing this story. And it is still fresh. Like, as you said, you have literally just moved into your new home. You got blank walls, you got boxes everywhere. (laughs) You know, you're not sharing from the rear view mirror of like miles and miles in the past. This is like, Mm-hmm. objects appear closer in mirror than they yeah. like oh, are, yeah. right? Like, oh yeah, exactly. Still, <laughs> you could turn your head and still think like, oh, where, where am I? I'm like, this, this is not my house. And that has happened. Yeah. Wake up all groggy and then it hits you. Oh, I'm in a new place. Yeah. This is a new bedroom. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this, as you mentioned, like the speed of your separation divorce also mm-hmm. plays a huge part of that. So you know, from the time of him coming home and telling you all the things that he wanted to being divorced, officially the papers signed, what, what was that time frame? You know, things started getting pushed into hyperdrive, I would say around late August, September time frame. I want to say he finally started, you know, verbalizing his feelings about, you know, the things that he wanted probably around October, November timeframe. And then we were still talking about, okay, you know, if this is heading toward divorce, what does that look like? You know, I, we were just trying to work through this. So we were still living in the same home while going through all of this. Now, you know, so through all of that to me closing on my home, I closed on my own home January 31st. So I found out that I was, that my husband didn't want to be married anymore. There's really no offer of going to a counselor. Let's do therapy. Let's do any of let's this. Work on this. Yeah. To still living together, even through the holidays, talk about being, it, I mean, it, it was an incredibly uncomfortable time through the holidays to getting my own house and, and settling, you know, and, and, and buying something and signing papers on the home, January 31st, we're talking what a matter of what, six months. Like it was just such a whirlwind act activity. I'm still having a hard time, you know, like wrapping my brain around it. And although we have signed the divorce papers, we're still technically not divorced because we're waiting on some of the administrative stuff, you know, that, that has to happen. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it just, my, my therapist says she's never seen anything like this in all of her years. I mean, and she's been doing this for a very long time. She's mm-hmm. like, I have never in my life seen something happen this fast. Now I will say there was one moment after he had already laid it all out on the table, wanting his freedom. We had had some really hurtful words exchanged you know, and some things that they got burned into my brain, you know? And so as I was beginning to just come to terms with, all right, this is really happening. He did ask me if I wanted to go to dinner one night and over dinner, he asked me, is this, is this salvageable or have, have we gone too far? And I had to tell him, you know, if you had asked me this question, even just four weeks ago, my answer would be completely different. But so much has been said. And, you know, I'm so incredibly hurt by this. The everything that has happened, I can't see how we could go back. I I can't, you know, there's just it really gave me a much different perspective of what he's going through. And so I had to, I had to acknowledge the fact that whatever he's going through, he's going to have to, he's got to figure it out, you know, and I need to, now's the time for me to focus on me. Like I gotta, I don't want to use the word protect myself because it's not like I was in danger, you know, of anything, but I think it was time for me to protect my emotions, you know, and my whole being, you know, my mental health. So yeah, it, you know, at that point I had to, I, I did have to be the one to say, you know, you got to focus on you. You got to figure out, you know, I told him I, I do love him. I still love him. He was the boy next door. 
Yeah. Yeah. He literally was, you know, I, I will always love him. I care for him. I want him to be happy. You know, I, I want to see him be able to have a life where he feels, you know, happy with whatever the decisions are, you know, that he has made while also recognizing that there is something there that's missing for him. You know, I could, for a long time, I could tell there was something, you know, there's, there's a hole despite from the outside looking in, we look like we had it all, you know, we looked happy. And that's why this was such a surprise to all of our friends as well. Like nobody saw this coming, nobody, including myself, nobody called us, saw this coming. And, and so I just, I truly wish the best for him. You know, I don't want to be a bitter person. I want to just be the type of person that when I see him again, I want to be able to get to the point where we can at least be friends again. You know, it's still so early. I'm having a hard time with that, but that's, that's my goal. You know, that's, that's, I truly want to be there. Or at least co-parent to, Mm -hmm. to wonderful kids and Mm -hmm. future grandchildren. Right. And be able to do those you know, family moments, you know, someone's getting married, someone's having a baby there. Like you want to be able to be in the same place, the same time with him and be good. Yeah. Yeah. Although it's incredibly difficult, you know, it's, it's so hard to think about those future moments that I know, you know, and even like with his family, look, I mean, we were together, like I said, 27 years married for 25. I felt like you know, I was a part of his family, you know, like that whole side. And since all of this has happened, I haven't had like, not one, not one person contact me to ask me if I'm okay to have a conversation. And that's another aspect of divorce that I don't think you really think about until you are starting to look in the rear view mirror. And then it's like, wow, it's been how many months now? And you know, this family who I thought was my family too, they've kind of disappeared as well. It's like he left and then, you know, like they left too. That's a, that's a hard pill to swallow, you know? So that's another aspect of it that you just have to kind of make decisions on moving forward. How do you want to feel about it? How you want to react to it? And, you know, how much time are you willing to invest in, being angry and and frustrated and sad over it, you know, it ain't easy. That's for sure. Ain't that the truth, girl? Mm-hmm. Ain't that mm-hmm. the truth? So obviously, this came as a as a shock to you. Mm-hmm. It came as a shock to your friends and your family. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the kids. Oh, <laughs> you know. But before I answer that, there's one thing that he did say to me at one point that's kind of related to mm-hmm. to this question. He said, "You can't be shocked that this is happening." And I said, "I'm not shocked that we were having issues because it was obvious that we were having difficulties." Mm-hmm. What I'm shocked is about is that there has been absolutely like no effort to try to work at it. Like we have so many times before that's what was shocking. You know, I said, so let's not pretend we didn't have any, any problems, but let's also not pretend that this didn't happen suddenly without any effort, you know, to fix it. So yeah, it was shocking to, to everybody. And what adds salt to the wound is that our son had just come home from being deployed for three years he has not been with his family for three years. And then he gets home in August and like everything explodes. And, you know, our daughter had recently moved back in with us. You know, she had been living in Atlanta for a few years. So she came back home to kind of hit the reset button for herself because she had experienced some really difficult things with her relationship. And so for those two, you know, yeah, of course this has been really hard because when you think about it, you know, my son is 26, my daughter's 25. They're young adults now, their whole lives. It's been the four of us, the family unit. And now that looks completely different, you know, and, and now they're going to have to think about 
How do the holidays look? How are, you know, anything that used to be just quote, everyday run of the mill things that we would just do as the family are going to be completely different now. And so, you know, my son says he's okay. I think he's more worried about making sure that I'm okay. (laughs) Like he's, you know, he's, He's that, you know, he's since gotten out of the Marine Corps, but he's, you know, and in myself being a, a Marine veteran, I know how we are. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, embrace the suck, you know, things are going to happen and you just got, you do what you got to do to get through it. And I know that's his mindset right now. I think he's more focused on making sure that I'm okay and that, you know, he's here for me, but I do worry about him you know, and that I don't want him to feel like he can't express whatever emotions he wants. He wants to, I don't want him so focused on me that he doesn't feel like he can't express them. And, you know, I've asked him questions, but he's still that stoic Marine, you know, making, he's helping take care of things. Task oriented right now. Like we're just, we're just getting, getting everything from house A to house B and we're going to get you set up. We're going to get you. Yeah. 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 And I, I gotta tell you, I'm so thankful that he is here for me though. I mean, he has seen a side of me that he has never in his life seen, you know? And so he has had to take on a lot of, of that burden. He really has. So that's why, you know, sometimes I do worry for him, you know, like how all of this, you know, ultimately is impacting him. My daughter, she's a little more forthcoming with her emotions, you know, <laughs> She's, she's telling it how it she, is. Yeah, she doesn't mind <laughs> expressing her feelings. Like she definitely will wear her heart on her sleeve. You know, she's she's kind of an open book, you know, as well. I and, wonder where and, she gets that from. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, not too long ago, I it, this was probably, I'd say a month or two maybe six weeks or so. I was sitting on the back porch. I woke up. I was having a horrible, horrible morning. It was just, I was in that funk. So I went in the backyard, you know, and I, I made myself some coffee and I just sat back there listening to the birds and crying. I was just like letting it all out. Cry, 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 sip some coffee, cry, cry, cry some more. She came outside while I was out there and she sat down with me. And at this point, she, she doesn't even have to ask me what's wrong. She knows, you know, they both have witnessed my breakdowns enough now that they know that I'm just having a sad moment. Just got to get through it. But we started talking, you know, about the whole situation. And I did ask her, you know, like, how, how are you doing? How are you feeling about this? And, you know, she did admit, you know, some days she's sad. Sometimes she's angry. You know, sometimes she sees how this is an opportunity for me, you know, to really focus on me and do the things that I love and the things that I want to do. So, you know, she's a mixed bag of emotions, you know, as, as well. So I think probably the most difficult thing for them though, is the fact that he moved, you know, he's, he's a few States away now, you know, he's in Texas now. So he's not as accessible. accessible. Yeah. Yeah. And so I don't, I don't think they're talking as often as they probably would like, but, you know, I have made a decision. I'm not getting involved in that. You know, they're going to have to build, they're going to have to create and build a new relationship with their father in a different way. Exactly. That's not my role anymore. (laughs) That's not not my role, you know, as mom to play the go between, between dad and yeah, they're adults. He's an adult. Build your own adult relationship with your children. Yeah. And by the way, that's another thing that has, that's a challenge for somebody who has been, you know, married for so long. You find yourself in a certain role. And for, for me, that was always kind of like the go-between when things got a little rough, you know, and, you know, teenagers, they're kind of, they're pretty difficult, you know, at times, and then he would be difficult at times. And so you're sitting there as the go-between, you're, the you're almost like the, yeah, the mediator. That's a hard habit to break. Yeah you know, cause you want them to still feel like they can come talk to you about things that are bothering them. But now your new role is you're not, you're not the fixer. You're not going to have the conversations with him and give the advice and, you know, how to communicate better or suggestions on how to move forward, you yeah. know, and that's a challenge in itself to kind of figure out your new role, 
you know, because the dynamics are so different now. Yeah. Teenage children, <laughs> absentee father who travels a lot. I, I mm-hmm. can only imagine yeah. uh, the, the dynamic in their relationship and you having to kind of stitch some st- stitch things together. Yeah. 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 Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and it, I will be honest in that I have, I have mixed feelings about it. You know, when I think back to, to that aspect of their relationship with their dad, because it, on the one hand, something that is incredibly admirable about my ex-husband is that he is such an incredibly hard worker, mm-hmm. you know, like he is not afraid to put in the hours to, to, you know, put his family first. He, in terms of making sure that they have what they need, right. He is a provider mm-hmm. and he's always been that, you know, I mean, he truly is a workhorse. He will, I mean, he will go, 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 but I think it's to a fault, you know, at, at some point, and I've always said this, you know, no one has ever gotten to their deathbed saying, I wish I had worked more, you know, <laughs> like nobody has said that I wish I had worked more. And so that's my fear, you know, for him. And it has been for a long, long, long time, you know, you got to be able to find that balance, you know, yes, it's important to have a good career. It's important to be able to provide for your family, but money isn't everything. And it's not, you know, money's not the only way you provide for your family. You know, it's, it's also your time, you know, your attention, your ability to listen, just to be there, you know, for them and to interact and have conversations. And, you know, that's the stuff that builds a strong foundation, you know, for, for these parent child relationships. So I think that is the part that, you know, unfortunately for both, for both dad and, you know, the kids that I think they've kind of missed out on that. Yeah. Well, Jennifer, Mm -hmm. it's been a doozy. Yeah. I tell you (laughs) it goes fast, doesn't it? Yeah. And, but you're here, you are on the other end. That's right. (laughs) And I'm so excited for you and being in your new home and your new space and decorating. I know decorating is therapeutic for me. Is it for you? Yeah. I'm having a lot of fun with it. You know, I'm really taking my time. I've decided I'm not going to rush it. And, you know, a part of me is like, man, why don't you have your house done yet? And then another part is like, you know what? No, do it right. I want to make sure that that is the spot. I want this, you know, is this the right spot for this face? I don't know. Let me is let that me, the right color? Let it marinate for, for a little yeah. while. <laughs> and like lean up the picture against the wall for like four months. Do I really want exactly. to walk by this every day here? Yeah. Yes, yes, I do. Okay, now it can go on the wall. Uh, yeah, I totally appreciate that too. Yeah. So now what? What's <laughs> now what's what's the future looking like for you? You're in your new home. It's it's looking really bright. You know, I I got to say I've had to do a lot of work internally, emotionally, mentally. I see my therapist like on the regular She's on um, speed dial. Yeah, big time. And you know, I I'm not as consistent with the journaling as I probably could be, but I do journal, you know, every mm-hmm. now and again. I am I have a great full-time job now as a communications director for this company that's within the media realm, so it's right, you know, where I belong. I absolutely love it. Work with fantastic group of people and I work for home if it's it's remote. So, you know, that's awesome. You know, and I'm beginning to do a lot more traveling. I I feel like I am somewhat beginning to come out of my shell again. You know, I I'm making sure I'm making time for the girlfriends to go out and have girls night out, you know, for dinner. And I I really want to, you know, I just turned 50. On April 16, I just turned 50 years old. I cannot believe it, but I've decided that I want 50 and beyond to be the best years of my life. I want to experience things. You know, I, I want to be intentional in that part, you know, so I think it's looking, looking great. You know, is my house, my dream house? No, it's not, but it's mine and I'm going to make it. So into a home, you know, I'm going to make it into my home. You know, and so I think the important thing for anyone, again, who is kind of going through something similar, you know, try to 
focus on the intentionality part of it. You know, I want good things for myself. You know, yeah, I also want to be happy, but what are the things am I going to do to ensure that I can be happy along the way? I'm, I'm learning to balance the grief because I'm still going through the grief process, Yeah, but I'm also actively seeking out things that bring me joy, you know, so that I can reconcile you know, that's, that's how I try to strive for that, even though I'll never get balance, pure balance, but you know, it's important to recognize the intentional aspect of that. So I'm feeling good about it. You know, it doesn't mean I don't have bad days still, but I'm feeling good, more good days than bad days. And that is a, to, to me, that gives me a lot of hope. I love it. Love it. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, we are both April babies <laughs> and Aries and Aries like me. So as soon as I heard that, I was like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. That's we're, right. We're, you're my people. You're my Aries people. nation. <laughs> yeah. And there is an episode way back in season one of the podcast of I just turned 50. Now mm-hmm. what? I want to invite you to go back and listen to that one yes. and, and the audience here because she, like you, experienced divorce with two mm. kids and now was at this 50th year mark and yeah. what she wanted to, to do. So she, she shared that episode at 55, wow. but she talks about what happened when she turned 50. Yeah. So yeah, I want you, I, I'm going to, I'll send you the link and we'll invite the, the listeners to go back and listen to that one if they haven't. Cause yeah, some awesome. really, really good stuff in that episode too. I bet. No doubt. No, no doubt. doubt. I'm excited. Right? I'm excited to listen to that. <laughs> so thank you so much, Jennifer, for being on the show with me. And I know we're going to be talking again real soon because you have a podcast and I'm going to be coming on your show. That's right. So <laughs> tell everybody a little bit about your passion project and your, your and your show. Absolutely. I'm host of the Communication 24-7 podcast where we communicate about how we communicate. And so I'm super excited to speak with you about that topic. Um, Mm -hmm. We're going to have a fantastic conversation. I'm getting back into the swing of things naturally because of the divorce. I went on hiatus for a little while, but season three is getting jump-started you know, I'm, I'm getting all the interviews in doing some editing. So I'm super excited, you know, to get back in the swing of things for that. Yeah. So I can't wait to have you on the show. We're going to have so much fun. I know. I just love talking to you. I could talk to you all day. All right. (laughs) We literally could. We literally could friends. (laughs) Like the first time Jennifer and I connected, you know, on the guest to know you call, like it was way longer than my standard 15 minutes. We were like, Oh my gosh, we've been chatting for an hour. Like let's go girl. Oh yeah. (laughs) I just adore you. Thank you so much for coming on the show and listeners. If this podcast episode resonated with you, please give it a like, a share, subscribe, or if you know somebody who is going through something similar, and we all know that friend who is going, going through this, we're in a bit of a season of it right now. Please, please, please share this episode with them because it may just help them figure out their very own. Now what? All right, that's it for us this week. And we will see you next week for another I Just Blank Now What episode. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it more than I can say. Did you love this episode of I Just Blank Now What? If you did, be sure to subscribe on your fave podcast platform. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review. I do love reading them. And if you know somebody who's experiencing this story or something similar, please share this episode with them. It just might help them figure out the answers to their own now what questions. Have you recently had a now what moment and aren't sure what to do? Reach out to me at jessicastevens.ca and submit your story and I'll help you figure out what to do, how to move forward and help you answer now what. See you on the next episode.